Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Happy New Year! Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. You're listening to The Dork Forest. It is available on all of the websites, and including iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube. And if you go to dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com, you'll find links to all of it. And then I have another podcast with Lori Kilmartin just about stand-up comedy. But this is The Dork Forest, and it's January 2020, so Happy New Year, and feel free to start donating again. That's right. Donations went off last year, and I don't blame you, but uh, think of me. And PayPal will let you do it monthly if you want, but I understand if you don't want, because monthly is um, is its own commitment. But the people who do do it monthly, ha I said do-do. Uh, I totally appreciate that. But there is also going to be new merch. I'm phasing out one of the uh, Dork Forest t-shirts. I think it's the black one. It might be the green one. The green one's almost completely out of stock, so I think it might be the Dork Forest one itself. But uh, feel free to try and order stuff so that I can get those two new shirts on the website, because right now the merch page is a bit crowded, shall we say. By the way, my website is done by Vilmos. You know that. The song that was just sang was composed by Mike Rickberg. He'll sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. And Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio and has been doing it for low these many years. And I genuinely appreciate that about him uh, so much. The new shirts are going to be a shirt with a bunch of my dad's sayings and a drawing of his face uh, on uh, that Jenny Fine did. And Jenny Fine, of course, was the uh, artist who did the Meat Shield t-shirt. And she also did the art for the Horcrux album and DVD. You can get all of uh, my old merch still at JackieCation.com. And the new merch, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. And we'll figure it out, is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to record a new album in 2020, but I don't know where or when. Uh, feel free to come and watch me work on the new hour at JackieCation.com. has all of my tour dates and at JackieCation on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. There's also a Dork Forest Ranger page that you can get into. Donations, PayPal, Venmo, do whatever you need to do. But I'm very appreciative of everybody's support over the last 13 years. Let's get into some dorkdoms, shall we? Hey, it's Jackie Kishin. I'm in my living room. Uh, Minnesota comic? Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Don Brody. Don Brody, Minnesota comic. That works. Don Brody, Minnesota comic. It's Don, D-A-W-N, underscore, Brody, B-R-O-D, E-Y? Yes. I went E-Y. There we go. So I'm correct. <laughs> E-Y is correct. E-Y. So Don Brody, you guys, uh, it's at Don underscore Brody, and then it's DonBrody.com. And you do stand-up. you got a couple of shows here in Los Angeles coming up. Yes. The 25th, you're doing Story Smash. Is that yes. Christine Blackburn's? That's Christine Blackburn's. And then uh, the dating game. You're hosting a dating game the night before uh, Valentine's Day at Flappers on the February 13th. Correct. So these are things. Yes, fun. But we're going to dork out. Oh, my God. I can't About wait. George Washington. Oh, my God. I this is wait. so interesting. I'm Why? So Why George Washington, first of all? And <sighs> then we'll get into it. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I just live for these moments when I get to talk about George Washington. Like, <laughs> And I'm invited to. I don't have to, like, really oh, work, no. work it in. You don't got to farm it in. <laughs> um, why George Washington? Because he's the baddest, bestest, dopest 
uh, founding father, uh, American political figure, I would go so far as to say among the greatest in history. But there's globally two hundred years is is nary a, a flash it's just in the a, pan. It's to just really, a flash in the pan. It's hardly, you know, you can't put two hundred years on the scale of like Galileo, <laughs> right? You talk about or somebody. Jesus, mm-hmm. but he is something. And uh, the, when did it happen? When did you? When did the obsession begin? When did the dorkdom? Well, here, okay, here's here's what it was. I was probably always obsessed, but sort of like you're from Wisconsin, you understand right. how you're like, yeah, I love the Packers from Wisconsin. And when you live in Wisconsin, you're right. like, yeah, because it's just that's it. Is that's of course I love the Packers, but when I move to Minnesota, as I did at 18, right, I'm going to discover. That Minnesotans love their Vikings just the same way as we love our Packers. We just say, oh, we love the Packers. Everybody knows we love the Packers. But everybody loves their team like that. <laughs> this analogy is and so then, funny since I don't care about the Packers. You don't? No. I know a little bit about <gasps> them, but only because I was raised in Wisconsin and there's see, no way to but, not okay, know. But see, and that's enough. I'm not even saying yeah. it's like beating heart love. Right. But you know because it's just it's happening, right? Right. I know who the pitcher is. I know all the uh, things. Sure. And I love to and say you that. D- that's fun for I me. I know who the pitcher is. Yeah. Uh, yeah pitches, Aaron Rodgers. And very, uh, Aaron Rodgers. A he's, he's a guy. He is so good, but I hate his dickies. I hate the way he wears his turtlenecks. He looks like such a nerd in his turtlenecks. Does he? Yeah. I mean, I know in the dork forest, I should not throw stones. But right, that, right. What a dork. Uh, but uh, but this a is nerd. not a Packer dork. <laughs> Dorked him. So, uh, but, yeah. I, so, uh, the, George Washington. Uh, George Washington. So, everybody What'd knows. What, did you go to Virginia or something? No. But I know that, like, everybody loves George Washington. We say that. You know, as kids in elementary school, it's like you put the wigs on, President's Day, and everyone, <laughs> you know, and we all love him. He's on our... Our money, and we all know George Washington found everyone know like he's a everyone friend. knows who he is. And at then the it very was like least. the more correct. And then I'd read a little about him and I'd be like, yeah, he's the best. I'd be like, all right, narrative, he's the best. But then I have a history degree from the University of Minnesota. Congratulations! Study. Thanks so expensive. Hey, yeah, very nice. The so useful. So uh, <laughs> wow, look at us. Um, but the the more I learned, the more I loved to the point where and I, you were I realized, studying U.S. history. Yes. All right. And the more you just, he, he's one of those figures that you can go in blinders off. Okay. And just consume the history about him. Right. Without falling into, like, Hamilton. You, you know Hamilton? Yeah. You, did you see the thing? I saw it. I saw it. <clears throat> uh, I uh, never liked Hamilton because of his, his economic policies prior, but, yeah. uh, but I had some, so I had some issues. I also read Burr, the Gore Vidal novel, mm. which uh, took the side of Burr, yeah. oddly enough. Right. Uh, hence the name. Because sometimes and, you got to shoot a guy. You know? Well, it was, uh, well, Hamilton supposedly uh, said that uh, Burr was fucking his daughter. And so that's why they Wasn't had, he, uh, he might've been, uh, there was, there, there, I don't know if it was an unnatural love, but, uh, but what I do know is that he was psyched about his kid, but, uh, <laughs> but I just think that, I think that they always sort of hated each other yeah. and it was just the last stone. So, sure. um, but now here's the thing is, uh, I've always sort of liked George Washington. And sure. then I heard some on, you know, there's always the, the dark side of all of the founding well, here, fathers. Yeah, here's the trouble. Here's the trouble. Cause I, I can't say he's, per- obviously he's not perfect. He can't, but he's perfect in certain ways. He's got certain qualities. So the imperfect stuff is that he, he was a, a, a toothless slave-owning hemp farmer who murdered sleeping Germans on Christmas Day. Fact. What? Like, he did all of those things. <laughs> like, that's just like... But um, aside from that... Right. See, okay. Now, what? Let's. we'll get to it in the course of events. Let's start with his birth. Oh, what do you know about George Washington? Oh, th- very important, actually, Jackie. Fundamental, in fact, is this. 
who gives a fuck? Because not who gives a fuck, like what? But I mean, the important thing about American history is that you don't know shit about his parents or where he was from. It doesn't fucking matter because in America, we don't know. We don't know, and we don't. But care. the weird thing is, I'm he here, was a landowner. I'm here as a dork. Who dorks about George Washington? And I don't actually know. It's sort of like Jesus's years after, from before he was. You well, know, I read came that. The, the Lamb. I read that book. Uh, it was. It was uh, from <laughs> until he was thirty. It right. was uh, there, there was a book it, from when he was uh, born, right after he was born, until he was about uh, thirty years old. Yes, yeah. there's a there's a book. That's, it's that's fiction. Right. But anyway, who knows? Because nobody. So knows what happened. There. So okay. So you've read several books about George Washington. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So he. What and are your favorite origin. fun facts? Let's just go there. So, you know, the teeth, right? The whole I, thing about... about See, this is one of the things teeth. I heard about his teeth, oh. is that is that he had a, a set of wooden teeth, but he also had a set of human teeth. Yeah. That he made from slaves. Sure. Right. That's not, uh, that's not cool. That's not great. Do you know if they were alive slaves or dead slaves? I don't know that. I would guess they were dead slaves, though. Uh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, I think they'd be healthier if you pulled them from a live human being. Well, recently alive. I don't think you have to be like, come here, let me see. I want that. I mean, I I don't want to. It would be very remiss of me to come and talk about George Washington and suggest that he pulled teeth out of his living slaves. God, what a nightmare. I don't know. No, no. Well, uh, but it would be remiss to not mention that he had a a set of teeth made out of uh, people that he owned. That he owned people. That he owned people. Well, and this is here's here's the thing. You want to I mean, know I have really a favorite nugget. thing about George Washington. Yeah, was that he stepped out, Jackie. That that's the key because the, when you talk about the qualities of George Washington, <laughs> right. What like what makes him? What's the explosive thing? Why do I have a picture of him in my locker? Why do why you? do why is my daughter's middle name Washington? Why is it? Because he stepped down. But it was it was more than just stepping down. It was crafting in the from the fundamental basis of who he was, not not just not grasping the power that was laid in front of him that right. was there for the grasping, right? But not trying to all to then decline, but then influence who would grasp it after him. It was like this three tiered benevolence yeah. that's unique in humans. That is remarkably unique among men and among powerful rich men who are also generals who also d- d- display the characteristics who has all the power of dominance essentially who, he turns down it. the one rank and he is galadriel he is he ab- absolutely is and he also asked for the power for the moment he needed it as a general to beat the british in this ridiculously unlikely war uh, well, a likely war and a ridiculous, unlikely victory when right. he was given sort of absolute power because it was they really tried Congress to be like during during the Revolutionary War when the stakes were so high and the odds were so devastatingly against us winning. Right. They tried to be like, just send us a met, you know, we're going to try to dole out money as it's needed and continue to legislate and continue to send drafts and continue to send pensions. And we're going to try to do all of this stuff during the war. Right. So when you like want to charge, you just go ahead and let us know. And then we're going to talk about like, yeah, totally. You can charge and we'll pay for that. And it's like, okay, right. Real quick. They were like, <laughs> you're and they were like, okay, cool. So we'll pre-approve to a certain amount, but then if you right. want to extend that amount, you then- have you gotta come back and he was like and it's not gonna fucking work you're gonna have to just let me do whatever the fuck i want on behalf of the entire government right i'm gonna have to be able to look at a guy and be like i'm telling you right now i will give you a house if you blah 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 i'm telling you you're an you're a congratulations you're a general i have to be able to just do that in the moment and everyone was really like well here we go 
Yeah. Well, here we go. Here we go. Here it fucking goes. <laughs> and 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 it's isn't it just likely that we get George Washington and we mm-hmm. had we had King George. And now we're gonna have another King George. They have the same fucking name, right? And they're and they worship the same fucking God. They speak the same fucking language. And we are so stupid that right. we don't think that this guy is gonna set up a monarchy or something like it. But we don't have a choice because we're in it. But we're, we're so in what? it. But and you know what? Let's have that guy instead of us. Like, even worst case scenario, then let's have that guy instead again. We'll deal with that guy after. We'll deal it's, with that guy yeah. after. And, it's like, and, the, and, and Jackie, it's like, why you were like, what can you talk about for an hour? <gasps> because the, the unlikeliness that we win, then the unlikeliness that he steps down, and not just steps down, says, first of all, I don't want it. And they were like, you have to, you have to, listen, it's so tenuous. Everyone else is a cunt. Everyone else is an ugly cunt. Alexander Hamilton, cunt. John Adams, eh, drunk, drunk kind of cunty. But they're all, you're the only one that everyone is like, this this guy is a good guy, and this guy is honest, and this guy doesn't know bullshit. Well, it was it was uh, I think it was the heroism that that everybody here's now here here's what I've heard. Yeah, he was tall, oh. and people love tall. Oh, he was tall. People get people get uh, credit for being tall. He was tall, and he had broad shoulders, and well, and they get credit mm. for it without uh, having the rest of it. Yeah, like Chevy Chase. And uh, yeah, Chevy Chase got work, I think. I think. But the thing is, is but the but the thing is, is so he was in other wars and he was not good at them. No, because uh, it's a learned skill, and yeah. war sucks. And yeah. when you're all lined up and pointed at each other, that's dumb. That's a dumb way to have it's a war. It's a dumb way to have a war. And um, and then he, but he literally became the. I mean, what was the battle that that he won? Unlikely. What was the unlikely battle? Well, the first one was Dorchester Heights. The Which, Battle of Boston. So his that was the first because he, he you're, you're exactly we didn't even know what a general was going to look like because the first war that George Washington fought on American soil was the French and Indian War when right. he fought of course with the British the French and the Indians versus right Britain and the Amer- and the British colonial Americans right and I don't think the French called it that no. They were like, this war is called Us and the Indians. <laughs> it wasn't war. even called it's Us and the, and the Indians, Indians War. <laughs> no. Fucking called. No. Go ahead. But the <laughs> but that was what George Washington called it. I mean, that was in hindsight why we didn't, of course, mm-hmm. call it World War One or Two. <laughs> right? right, right. So uh George Washington fucked up big time in the French and Indian War when he was just a dude. Uh, on behalf of the British, he was the, the he was supposed to go deliver this very important message to a French uh, uh, a general somewhere uh, regarding a treaty, so, okay. you know, a, a, a proposed peace. And his native guide, okay, when they get to the dude, just hatchets his skull in half and kills the guy. Oh, and Washington's like, oh shit, okay, wow. That's not. Do you have another guy I can give this note? We're to? Not, we were supposed to give him a note. Right, I don't know how we miscommunicated <laughs> why we were here, and that was really bad. And he was like, "Boy," and when he got back, they were like, "That was really badly handled," and he offered to resign. Right. And the his superior was like, "Are you kidding me? Uh, no, you you didn't hatch at the guy. You didn't hatch at the guy, and you got to stay. You have a long way to go." Okay. <laughs> so, and similarly. When he becomes, and he does, he's an okay guy. He's an okay general. His his key is he married a good woman. Martha Custis was a very, very, very rich widow. Right. 
And George Washington was in a position to become General George Washington in 1776, uh, primarily because of the land he owned, exclusively because he married Martha Custis. Okay. He had... Did the, did, did the, did the plantation come with Mary? Yeah. Okay. He, may, he, did, he wasn't a bum, but he didn't have a huge amount of prospects. Right. She is a, a She was the richest... Richest widow. Oh, yeah. And she was a widow. she had a few kids. Yeah. She had a few kids, which was great because Washington had um, uh, smallpox. He had typhoid um, or <laughs> yes, red uh, scarlet fever, something. He had a, a terminal, not always, but an illness as a kid that he re- barely survived, but that left him uh, uh, infertile. He could never have kids, and he kind of knew that. I don't. Oh. They could sort of even diagnose that at the time. It was also why he was very pro-vaccine. He forced vaccines on his uh, troops. Okay, because he was like he saw how it would decimate an army, and he right. had experienced it firsthand. He was like, "Don't." My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. I have an ad for makeup. That's right. I'm very excited about it. If you use cosmetics, you just go to thrivecosmetics.com slash dork and use the code dork for 15% off your first purchase. And I'm going to spell it because it's Thrive Cosmetics, Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, cause, C-A-U-S-E, medics, M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash dork, thrivecosmetics.com slash dork. Use the code DORK for 15% off. Here's the thing about this stuff. It's it's all the good things that makeup can be, right? So it's not tested on animals. It's vegan and it's long lasting and all this stuff. I got mascara and an eyeliner and a skincare thing. And it it's really great. I My eyelashes look amazing, quite honestly. Very long, very luscious. It doesn't flake because that's my biggest problem. It's easy to use. One of the greatest things I like about it was it all came in boxes, right? But it came so simply, like, eco-friendly packed. You know how sometimes you'll get makeup and it'll be packed in all kinds of plastic? This was a, a mascara tube in a tiny box. There was no packing. There was nothing. Just tube, box, recyclable. The same with the skin cleanser and the eyeliner that I got and the lip filler. I got lip filler, which is like a lip gloss, but it has more collagen-y kind of stuff to it. I like it. Anyway, so they're all high-performance, skin-loving ingredients. And here's one of the coolest things about cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, medics, right? Thrive Cosmetics, is that they give back to the community. I read an article in Vanity Fair a couple of years about them. So when I they asked to advertise on the show, I was like, yeah. Yeah, that'll be fine. They give back to cancer uh, patients who have lost their eyelashes and um, eyebrows because of chemo. They also, they have a nonprofit partners that donate funds to all kinds of different groups, including women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, and um, women fighting cancer. So Thrive Cosmetics has all kinds of stuff. What you want to do, if you use makeup, get this makeup because it also helps women in need. So go to thrivecosmetics.com slash dork and use the code dork for 15% off your first purchase. So Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash dork. Use the code dork for 15% off. All right, let's get back into the show. So he couldn't have kids. He knew he could never have kids. And he really, really loved Martha's kids. And they admired him deeply from all personal and public uh, records. They adored him. And one of them died in his arms and it just destroyed him. And he, I mean, his love of him. And Martha, how many kids kids did she have? 
Like three? Uh, three, at least three. <laughs> it could be as many as five, but three for sure. And Jackie's the one that died that he that Washington was really close to. Okay. Um, but really, really significant is that he didn't have any heirs. Yeah. And that was a key for the other bastards in the process who would have been like, okay, so how can we kind of leech the power that Washington has and kind of put it in another vessel that we can then master? And right, history right. is full of uh, children and, and bastards being, right. being utilized for that purpose. And, um, and it didn't exist. And that was another reason why Washington was the perfect choice because he didn't have oh, a didn't he, he lineage. Didn't, right. There was no uh, obvious heir. Correct. So it could not. So, and then... Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know he and didn't that was have really any key. Uh, kids from his loins. From his loins, which wouldn't may or may not have been a huge inheritance issue. But it, uh, as it stood, even his stepchildren didn't appear particularly ambitious, and there just wasn't a... Right. So they were cool with just uh, having a giant bag of money and living on the plantation. Correct. So um, and in Mount Vernon and Mount Vernon, this is my my so his noble uh, you know ability to see power because the first then after the war they're like well you have to be the guy and he's like all right all right all right but for like four years because. I have to go back to Mount Vernon, and I have a real like love of my childhood home. I was r- rural, rural, rural Wisconsin, eighty-five acres in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin Rapids. Oh, Wisconsin! Oh, Rapids, Do you know Rapids? man. Hey, man. Rapids wrestling, go mm-hmm. Raiders! Okay, and um, uh, loved it. My my parents built a house on eighty-five acres of land out there, and my sisters, my two older sisters, and I grew up just running barefoot and naked through the woods, like you know, right. deliverance. But like, is is Rapids? Is that kind of by Madison? I feel two like it's hours a, north. It's, it's okay. It's so twenty it's south, minutes from Point. So it's in between Stevens Point and um and Madison. Yeah. Or is it in between Superior and like is it two hours south of Superior? Uh yeah, it'd be about two hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's about it's right in the very center of the state. of nothing. It's right like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, right there like, isn't even a highway. You have to take no. a two lane highway across. Dude, yeah. When I go home for for like a uh, thing, where do you fly? Oh. Let's just briefly oh, sidetrack. Briefly, as if Get we some could traffic. Brief. So, dude. You wake up, let's just say, and let's say you don't have a toddler. Let's say you're just you. Right. You get to LAX and all that fuckery. Then you get to LA. You either have a, a layover or whatever. You fly into Minneapolis or Chicago. Those are your only, you could fly into Milwaukee. You could fly into Mosinee. But, there, but there's, you could fly into Mosinee. But at Mosinee, have, okay, uh, well, that's a deep cut. The uh, trouble with Mosinee is that it's like a. It smells like a paper mill. Which is um, the smell of my people. Because is it, Wisconsin is it the Rapids. the smell of your childhood? Wisconsin Rapids. <laughs> the rapids of the Wisconsin River. Well, it turned out a lot of paper, Jackie. A lot of wood. Yeah. It's and, all paper okay. mills in mm-hmm. the state. Boy, it smells like an ass. Just but smells armpit. But um, so yeah, you land in the armpit, and then you drive to the sphincter. Okay, that's kind of the route. Is that the route? But what? So, but it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to do it that way. And (laughs) driving to Mosinee, like, well, the thing is, is you could fly into Mosinee, but it would it would cost more money, and you have to switch three planes. You have at least two layovers, and uh, let me the odds of your plane coming in or out of Mosinee on time. Pretty pretty slim? Pretty slim. So okay. that means that you, Chicago or Minneapolis, and then you drive three and a half hours into deer-ridden, winding Snow. two-lane highways. Yeah, just completely, yeah. It's like a video game where there's just serial killers and beef jerky and sure. deer. And deer. And, and you, plenty of it. And you have to pick. <laughs> and it's not that you're not going to die. You just have to pick. How you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, anyway, so anyway, you love your home. I love my home, despite <laughs> all of that. 
It's really worth getting there. Like the ring. It's like, worth the journey. It's worth the journey. And um and I just feel very nostalgic and I love it. I I just love it. And I and I it sort of has a personified entity that just is very I don't, I haven't been there for years. My parents left. It was, you know, tragic trauma. <laughs> Sold it when I was like fourteen. Okay, so it also is sort of idolized. Oh history. right, so wow, it's it's a flying amber. It's Correct. like it's literally it just po- it's it looks amazing from the distance. From a distance. time, but when I think about that, the eighty five acres, bucolic. those beautiful rays, yes. I just oh, it was so great and looks so. Great. So when I, in the history of George Washington, learned that he really feels that way about Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. his plantation mm-hmm. he the way he in fact there's there's battles because i'm such a nerd and i read all the books so i read all the books about the battles i know the timeline and then i've read all of his personal letters and then i've read all of the other people's letters about him and then i you know and you can cry during these really critical battles we're like oh my god we're definitely gonna die like yeah. the guys are walking barefoot through the snow they're eating their shoes right um we're, we don't have enough guns we don't we're, oh my god we're so gonna die and but we're gonna get up in the morning and we're gonna have a miracle or we're all gonna die and then and he has a note in his pocket that says victory or death just in case he loses sight of things he can pull it out and be like yep those are the stakes that same <laughs> night of the night before that it's battle it's like a to-do list in yeah, his what are you pocket gonna, oh no victory oh, or death okay yep. he um writes a letter to mount vernon to his groundskeeper at mount vernon saying that it's really important that they remember to plant the roses um, when the, when the, uh, snow thaws, because that way they'll come to full bloom at the time. And he also heard that the cook and the, uh, housekeeper are in love and he, and they're going to be moving because the war is moving. And so the right. whole can't, everybody's going to be moving. And he just wants to make sure that he makes sure that those two stay together in the move because Aww. he heard they were in love and he doesn't want them to get separated. And then he's like, okay, what else? And like, that's where my hand went over my heart. When I look at the date. You know, because you read, they're not all correlated. It's sort right. of like, what what fucking date did he write this letter? And I look and back and look I'm back like, and oh like, my God. Right, right. Do you know what the letter he wrote right after that was? To Congress saying, we're all fucking dead. <laughs> just depend who he's writing to. So who who did he write the letter about the housekeeper? He wrote it to his groundskeeper, right? Yeah. Because I also read a thing where um, Martha burned all of his letters. Yeah, right. God, thank God, because I would have plastered my body with that stuff <laughs> right she got rid of his letters yeah. uh alexander hamilton's wife got rid of her letters yeah and uh so the letters that we have from george washington mm-hmm. are letters that he wrote to other people that they kept correct is that correct yep so and he had uh yeah so letters correspondence to congress heads of state and then household household lawyers one of them for and example because he's so yeah. tall yeah and he would order his suits from this fantastic English tailor scandal. Oh, oh scandal. Right? Oh, there's no American tailors, George. Anyway, he would write his letters to his English tailor and he was getting really frustrated because he wrote uh, his height perfectly proportioned. Yeah. And then they'd send the suit pack and it like didn't quite fit. Yeah. And he was like... <clears throat> Perfectly, he wrote that he was perfectly I'm proportioned. T- this height perfectly proportioned. Why is this sleeve so short? Oh my God. And he would get, so there was like a little bit wow, that's of it. Some weird so those kind of letters, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you, those are the, the historical record that right. I love. That is the marrow that yeah. you can kind of suss out. And Martha was well, I think within her bounds to burn those letters because he would have had to have been personal with her. Anyone, I think going through, th- you know, things of that caliber and they, yeah. and, and very, very rarely in history do people really, really know 
that this is a historic, I don't need to have the perspective of the future to know that this is a pivotal moment and that right. we're doing something tremendous here. And, um, and they have themselves read letters of great people from the past because right. this has been a, a document. So they were like, yeah, not, not this one. Not right. I don't want right. them to read about. They're going to read this one because he is, because people recognized what a big deal he was. Yeah. And they were like, and, and, and with the, Declaration of Independence and how how sort of singular the whole event was totally. of the revolution, totally that they had to know exactly that they were sitting in in the and if it worked, there you didn't want a record of him going. Oh, by the way, I wish you were sucking my dick right now. Yeah, boy, I yeah. love your dick sucking, Martha. Yeah. yeah, that would have been that would have been a bit uh, that would that, that would put the kibosh on it too much. Or hey, can you go kill out uh, thirty two slaves because I need a new set of teeth? I, that would have been bad. I for one. Would have felt differently about the whole uh, thing. Yeah. But, but, yeah. If, but you talk about even the people at the time, because uh, Napoleon yep. was kind of, his trajectory in France was looking like it could be the Washington of France. They, yep. the, the French saved our bacon in the war, like we desperately mm-hmm. needed them, and they gave us the Statue of Liberty, and we're sharing la fraternité and liberté and all this. We're, we're very right, in it's line all Voltaire. And, Voltaire and, and, absolutely. And they start kind of, yeah, we're going to do it too. But they just kind of hang a right, and start guillotining the rich, and it's a very—it uh, turns a little differently, right? Well, it's um, it's it's it, so Napoleon and Lafayette, mm-hmm. and I mean La- Lafayette comes from a very aristocratic. He's a duke, if I remember correctly, correct. right? And and George Washington loves Lafayette. He's like an adopted son to him. They, okay, they are like he Lafayette was very very close to Washington and observed and commented on, and they continued to correspond for a long time. Napoleon, no. No, uh, but after the whole shit went down and Napoleon is living in exile right. because he gobbled up power because he didn't do the thing Washington did. He once, didn't step down once ever. the dust exactly once the dust settled and the unlikely victory had taken place. He was like, "Great, um, now I'm the dictator of France." And he really right now to I'm do king. Th- and they were like, "You got to get out of here." And one of his letters, yeah, says they thought I was Washington. Yeah. Like directly says, I, Referencing. I, they thought, and he, and even acknowledges that that's good saying yeah. no one's that good who uh, the benevolence of this comes, but once a life, like, like lit, saying in so many words, I'm just not that good of a guy. Right. Only George Washington's that good of a guy. Right. Which is rare to have the, the, the unique nobility of your character to be recognized in the moment of your life. Right, is to recognize that you, you are not that good and to not aspire to it. And I to, mean, you, yeah. have, you, you have the example standing right in front of you, towering over you. Uh, Napoleon, I think <sighs> like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. Oh, big and big and, uh, and, mm. and George Washington, 6'5", I think, 6'6". Six, six? Uh, I heard six four six six. It's okay. Yeah, six four. Kind of a whatever. That's a factor. tall. Mm-hmm. It's super tall. Super tall. And um, and Napoleon not as short as has been depicted in cartoons. Right. So uh, he's always been depicted as being like five feet tall. And he's it and wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Uh, no, he was perfectly normal. Uh, so, but he. I did just see his tomb, which was absurdly large. So. Uh, so still compensating in death yeah uh to see the largest tallest uh, uh mausoleum-y kind of tomb coffin thing in the whole wide world yeah and it had to be like uh six feet tall no eight oh. feet tall oh. tall yeah it was tall does it also have like a 
a sculpture of him, like a bas relief of his face? Or? It does not. It's mm. um, um, his nephew was buried um, or interred mm. in uh, an, an antechamber. It's this old church that got deconsecrated and got turned into essentially his, like a, a temple to him. Oy. And um, it's weird about him. I get mixed up with with. Did Robespierre hmm. help Napoleon? Game oh, power, do you remember? I don't know. You're dangling toes beyond my dorkdom. Right. But I, I, my suspicion is that part of the issue is that if you untangle all of those connections, you'll find that their loyalties switched. I mean, at, the, the, at a, I feel like the defining characteristic of the French Revolution is just that, that it was sort of a hang a left, no, we're right. No, these two are allies. No, you know, because I mean, the, it, it, it epitomized by the fact that the guy, Guillotine, who invented mm-hmm. the guillotine, was among the final victims of the guillotine. Ah. Uh, it just sort of, it yeah. was this sort of self-fucking. Well, and, and I read a book. It was a, it was essentially, it was a, um, uh, it was supposed to be a mem- uh, a biography of Lafayette, mm. and it was written by Sarah Vowell. So it was a it was a biography of Lafayette, but it was mm-hmm. also anecdotal about her and her nephew. Yeah, so very funny, mm. and it was great. And and I I love Sarah Vowell's work. <laughs> yeah. and, and her research is great. But the one of the things about it was it was how Lafayette coming into the war and promising all this French aid, yeah. actually helped to bankrupt the French government, which led to the revolution, which um, did not, it led to the revolution, but it didn't, it it didn't have, like, there was no way for Lafayette to be Washington, right? Mm. There was no way, Lafayette was not Napoleon, right? Right. He was not the genius that Napoleon was, right? but he, but he was a better person than Napoleon was. Yeah. And, um, but Lafayette lived through all of it, died, uh, came to the United States in 1821, I think it was. And, um, had like a 18 month tour of the United States where sure. they built, there's names, there's streets named after him in every state. Minnesota, in the country. Lafayette Bridge. Yeah. There's a, Minneapolis has a, everybody's psyched about French. it. Well, sure. Well, and, and there was sort of a, 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 ex, a student exchange going on because Benjamin Franklin was the American oddity in Paris trying to drum up, uh, support for the oh, right. They sent the him over. So Benjamin Franklin was not involved in a lot of the revolutionary stuff because he was actively in France wooing everybody. Right. right. And in fact, uh, uh, there's a, it's a fiction, but it's a very, still a great line, um, which is Marie Antoinette saying that the Americans brought democracy and the pox in equal measure uh-huh. and that they survived the pox. Uh-huh. And I always thought that that oh, was... Oh, the French good. survived the pox? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But not the democracy. But not the democracy. And I know it was... And it's weird because a lot of those original documents are from French philosophers. Yes. Who... who the, the very rich American founding fathers were like, yeah, we love this. This is a great idea. And yeah. then... But not for everyone, but just for us because we feel ripped off. And, right. But the... Um, but the thing about about Washington, so you read all of the battles. Yeah. Well, so Dorchester Heights, because that is his first, because he was such a mediocre soldier. And when they were kind of like, oh, my God, oh, we are really going to go into armed conflict with the British. Like, this is happening. Right. Uh, they were like, we don't even have a guy. Like, we don't even have a general. We don't even have a guy. And Washington just showed up in the uniform he wore in the French and Indian War. 
Okay. And just be, he was not a legislator. He was never elected. He never aspired to be. He never gave any speeches. He did not sign the Declaration of Independence. That was not his arena. He would just kind of be present looking tall. Yes. And very well dressed, which, as we know, <laughs> is enough for a lot of guys, especially rich, rich white guys. Right. Rich white and, guys um, are perfectly proportioned. Perfectly and- proportioned. And nobody would, and nobody else was like me. It was just sort of like, yeah. And when it came to pass that they were like, all right, uh, we don't know how many guys we have. We don't know how many guns we have. We don't know exactly how this works. Um, we don't know if we have but any that- boats, but you want to be the leader of this whole military thing? And he was like, you got it. Get a pen. Everybody get a pen. This is the first thing I want you to write down. I will. Second thing I want you to write down. I'm not up for it. What? I am not up for it. This wait, wait, what? Is, use a whole sentence. Yes. I will what? I will take, I will do this. I will lead the troops. Yes, I will. I will do okay. this. Number one. Of course. I take it. I will do it. Okay. Factoid two. I do not think I can. Oh. Now, that wasn't the point of it because it's very eloquent and it's very, let me say, I do not believe that it is within my individual power as a man to overcome these things. Our odds are against us. But with divine providence and the support of a little we will succeed. I mean, he was still being optimistic, but just very immediately kind of like, just don't nobody get your hopes up. <laughs> what? Uh, right. But I don't even know that he said that. What? Did, so wait. So because he wore the outfit, they were like, you're going to be the guy. Well, he. I mean, he had the most qualifications. Like he was certainly of the people available to do this job. And George he, Washington he, was he, one of them. He, he had the he outfit there. He shows up and they're like, you're going to be our guy because you at least uh, have some military experience. Sort of, it, it's sort of like, yeah, uh, who has the football gets to be quarterback. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly. But the point is, he did not come in, for example, dressed right. as a military general saying, let's fucking go to war. I'm going to wear this uniform, a uniform of a military general. I'm going to climb to the podium and I'm going to also advocate that we need to go to war and I'm going to lead us. It was as you debate whether or not we should go to war and as you debate whether or not there is any individual who would or could lead us, I will simply be a visual presence Oh, that tall could ass be the guy one. wearing the uniform so that when someone says, but we have no generals, it will be like, <clears throat> here, what about that guy? There's guy. Just, again, significant because he looked the military part but crossed, never crossed the line right. of I will also be a legislator. I will try to advocate for war. Like, okay. Keeping that line really so close. he went essentially it was a protest that he went to or uh it was not a meeting it was an assembly of some it was sort. A, it was the general yeah the general assemblies that would have been available it wasn't like he kicked in the door and was sitting alone in the house but no, no, that no. was sort of how he made himself available because okay so the, he went to boston where the continental congress was meeting uh, or something. Well, the, that what it was? the Continental Congress would have been meeting in Philadelphia. The okay. Battle of Dorchester. Thank you. So after they, so after <laughs> they go, you, yeah, you're the general. We're going to go to war. His first thing was to go to Boston, where the where the English had the British. When had was set Dorchester? Up. I don't even know when Dorchester. The, the was. Battle of Dorchester Heights is in Boston. Okay, so, so Boston. There's so a siege of Boston. So unpack all of this for me because okay. I don't know what this is. So George Washington is a newly minted general. When? Uh, in 1776. This is, we've signed the declaration in July. Okay. He's been made a general. He's been made a general in March. We signed the declaration in July. So the British are still assembling for war, but until we get the... So Boston Tea Party happens. Um, Right. That's in 75 or 73 or what? I don't know what that is. So that happens. uh, The Boston Tea Party is sort of the beginning of like the flurries, the the shot heard around the world. Lexington and Concord, which is often considered like the the violent beginning of the war. Right. um, Was in 1774. Ooh, 
oh, this is good. I might get a C plus on my paper <laughs> for missing this one, but I want to say 1774. And then you get like the, and this is all a response to the intolerable acts, the taxation without yeah. representation, why the Boston Tea Party happened. Then the question of, will we declare our independence? Which right. would be the thing that would be the act of war. Like the and George Washington the world, isn't involved in any of this no. in 74, 75. He is not John Adams. He is not Patrick Henry. He is not Thomas Paine. They're, they're all writing. legislators and protesters. They're legislators. And act, Representatives. They've yeah. been voted for to go to legislation. They're yeah. lawyers. They're, they're rich landowners. But the thing is, is so, he, then, so then the declaration of it, so does he join the army at any point before the Declaration of Independence, yes, March because uh, March is when he becomes general and goes to Boston and wins Dorchester Heights, which is a, a, a significant military maneuver. And I know if you're looking, you're like, but that's before July. That's part of the reason why he didn't get a ton of credit for it because it's before July. Right. Right. So the English were like, we have a bunch of guns aimed at you, fucks. Mm-hmm. We're not stupid. We ain't blind. So we're just going to assemble the largest military force ever on earth. In, right. in, in, uh, we're going to hire a bunch of Hessians and we're just going to stand over you with a bayonet. But, but no that's, more, that's, but we're waiting. That's in Boston. That's not in New York. They, they are mostly in, at the, in sea and in harbor, but they are on land in Boston. So taking Boston would be a, a retrieval. It would have been an, it was expelling the British. They had kind of occupied Boston. Right. So before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, but after Lexington and Concord, so there's yes. been some violent, fe- but we haven't officially started the war. Washington goes to Boston and in an incredibly unlikely because fucking Henry Knox, you want to talk about balls. Right. Henry Knox drains a bunch of cannons from Canada over ice. I mean, it's nuts. And there, and he's like, here's what we're going to do. And that you guy was that? a bookseller. Yeah. I remember about Henry yeah, Knox. Yeah, Henry he Knox, was, a bookseller. He just read a bunch of books he about... Not, no military experience But he'd read all. a bunch of military books yeah. about cannons. And right? he was like, I think we're going to need cannons. We're gonna, and I know that a and bunch ti- are in Ticonderoga. Ticonderoga. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Okay. Ticonderoga, which is where... And so, but he, the and French, I remember, which is a French and Indian war. Right. Battle. And I remember he did, he told Washington at the time. So Washington was involved yes, before that. Because that's the French and Indian war, which was the one where, why he's got his uniform, where he, right, right. Up. But, but when, when Henry Knox goes, it's not the French and Indian war. Right. Essentially, it's Henry Knox in 1775 saying, we're going to need cannons. There are some at that fort in Ticonderoga. Right. If I take a hundred guys and bring you some cannons, but he talked to, to Washington about that. No, that's, you're right. exactly right. But the cannons that yeah. are in Ticonderoga were from the French, French and Indian, Indian War. War. Yes. So that's the part where Washington was like, oh shit, right? I remember those. And yeah. that's where Benedict Arnold done got his leg nearly blown off, which is a whole other story because Benedict Arnold is a very fascinating character in all this. Would have been Washington, except he was a dick. Right. He was a bad guy. Well, and, well, and was sad that he wasn't Washington, right? I mean, and, and also and he became bitter. Yes. He's a road comic who didn't get picked. You're is exactly, what happened. You're exactly He's right. Just, he, he, he felt came like everybody up with owed Drew him. Carey. Everybody owed and him. And Drew Carey got picked to do the sitcom, and he didn't. That's exactly so right. So that's Benedict Arnold. And so. he, while the like starting the, the show was demanding his cut before the show was a success. Right. Right? Right. Like, like he was, I need to be paid. Where's my mansion? And yeah. they're like, dude, we haven't won. We still probably won't win. Like, no, no, we're we're seven years from anything, dude. So, but the thing, what? So, so Dorchester Heights. Yes, so, please, Henry Knox. We got to get these cannons 
up to Dorchester, because from that angle, will dominate the whole thing, and the British will have to evacuate Boston. That's right. And they unlikely crazy get it up there, and British are like, oh my, hey, lovely, oh my god, right? You're going to fight, are you right? And so that's why it's a victory. It's his first victory. It's crazy unlikely. Puts him on the map. His name is all over newspapers all over the world because the British retreated Boston, yeah. and they basically say mm-hmm. to Washington, let's say, uh, so we're gonna go. Um, we're not going to just kill everybody and flatten this city. Which we could also do. <laughs> you know it and we know it and everyone knows it. But we're not going to kill everybody here and flatten the city. We're going to leave. You aren't going to fire on us. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Um, and uh, you're not going to uh, keep any of our uh, prisoners. Uh, okay. Right? And, and the and the were like, oh my God, yeah. And, they le- and that was like, oh my God, we won. So and that was the agreement? That was the agreement. And the okay. British left and that was a victory. Oh my God, George Washington won. Okay. And then phase two was we just got to keep New York. And right, we could not keep New York. We lost New York like this. Right, and that bummed him out forever. That bummed right? him out. But then, and the and and then it was just ratcheted downhill. So like Dorchester Heights, Boston was great. Signing of the Declaration of Independence. Okay, we're going for it. Then there were like a few like, and then we lost New York, Jackie. It was like we put all of our eggs in that basket. Yeah, all of it. It's our port. We did so that we the American, which we don't, we're not a good force anyway. Had to evacuate Boston. Now we don't have any food. We don't have any water. We don't have any shelter. We didn't bring enough stuff. We definitely didn't have any. I mean, whatever we had was like in the stores of New York. We're which in now New they have, York, and it's fucking November, and, December. It's getting and the cold. Br- and the British have completely occupied New York. Completely right? occupied New York. Cornwallis. Cornwallis okay. and um, uh, General um, Howe. The okay. two Howe brothers. That's right. One was a Navy guy, one was an Army guy. Army guy. And a little still sort of like, did they fight as hard as they possibly could? Because like one of them was in love with an American girl. And history has some theories oh. about the Howe brothers being a bit like. Well, I do remember there was also prison ships, like American oh. prison ships in the harbors in New York. Yeah. And a lot of American soldiers died in like the they revolutionaries. The, you know, whatever, the terrorists they were the that worst. we were. Uh, they just, like, tens of thousands. Oh, th- it was 30,000. Absolutely like that. Absolutely awful. Yeah, a lot yeah. of war crimes. And the Hesh- the British in general were terrible to the American colonials and didn't draw a clear distinction between the loyalists and the, the rebels. rebels. So, which which created a lot of rebels, right? Right, right. Because that's going to create more rebels. Yeah, you have these rich landowners who are like, God bless the king. We're so glad you're here. These rebels are are destroying us, and we hate it, and we hate them. And they just rape your daughter and steal all your shit and burn your house down. And you're right. like, oh, I, you're right. We got to get these guys I guess out of these, here. You guys got to go. Yeah. And the Hessians were even we're less, just mercenaries. We're just merc- they hired guns. They just right, love right. killing, and that's what they were being paid to do. And we well, they were they were hired to kill, and they did it indiscriminately, right? Yes. Oh yeah. So yeah. And these are the guys, right? Who and the Hessians were key in taking New York too. So all of this devouring, and, people, and, and it's so bad that's right before Christmas, uh, Howe and a couple of other major admirals are like, turn their boats around and start to go back to England. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1776 isn't even over. Right. We're talking July to November. They were like, done. We said it would be easy. Right. And they start to go. And then there's a thing. And this is why on Christmas Day of 1776, Washington crosses the Delaware. That's right. And in the most unlikely victory, that's why when you said, what was his first victory? It technically is Dorchester Heights, but crossing the Delaware and, and taking uh, a Trenton, New that's Jersey. Right. That's right. He took Trenton, New was Jersey. Was the thing that made. The, because he captured adverse, people. Yeah. He, a he thousand ca- Hessian prisoners. Right. And all their stuff. And all their stuff. 
and forced it was a the real, British it, to fight through the winter. Yeah, that's right. That's his, that's his real first sort of big victory. Huge. Though Dorchester sounds amazing. Dorchester yeah. Heights was amazing, but it was really a forced retreat before war was at its fever pitch. Or even declared. Or so, even yeah. technically declared. And then, but yeah, the crossing, the, and, and because everything was against them. You know, there was a crazy storm. The soldiers are already barefoot. They've already had their asses handed to them coming out of New York. And then a Right, they retreated, right? Were, didn't retreated he, didn't a thousand he say, retreats. how am I supposed to lead... Wasn't there a quote in New York of, uh, I can't lead uh, a m- men who... Lead by retreat. retreat. Yeah. I can't lead by retreat. Which he did. I mean, he his, his expertise was in getting the fuck out. And there were some miracles in some of the ways he got out. Quoting lowercase italics. Right. Miracles. He... Like, for example, the way they got out of New... Because New York, when they took New York, it was like, oh, fuck. And they had like... And they and the reason they took New York is because also Washington fucked up. They pretty much walked in from this path from Long Island that he just left undefended. Right. And somebody had said, we really should consider that they would just walk up from Long Island. And he was like, not going to happen. Right. Um, so, th- you know, they're um, in New York and they, they've, they've got to hustle their way out. And, and at the last minute, it's like, okay... We're going to have a bunch of guys leaving the fires burning. So they think we're coming and we're going to sneak out all of our horses and all of our guys. And we're going to cross the Hudson and we're going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, as they go, this, they're all the shit gets stuck and they're not going to make it. And it looks like the entire army, every single soldier that we've got under George Washington's command is either on one side of the river mm-hmm. on a boat in the middle or on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. The sun is going to come out in like 20 minutes. Right. And um, they're just going to kill us all. Right. We're dead. I mean, it's just going to be like so embarrassing. And it, and it's happening in the middle of a retreat. And as like, it, it's like sort of like that moment in Toy Story 4. <laughs> which I didn't see. Where they're all like going towards an incinerator and it's really hard. And they all hold hands and look at each other like, well, we're going to die. And you're like, what? I think that was Toy uh, Story fog. 3. Toy Story Three. Oh okay. yeah, you know you're yeah. right. Toy Story Three. Because I didn't the, see that. I didn't see four. No, I didn't see four. See, it hasn't left okay. my memory. So the um, the fog descends on New York Harbor. Mm-hmm. Perfectly obscures everything. Oh okay. All and they make the it things, through the fog. And the as soon as the last, they said the last guy gets off the boat on the other side of the river, the fog burns off, and the British again in their letters, in their correspondence to each other, were just gobsmacked. Right. What happened? Where'd they right. go? Where'd they go? How do this can't be done? Right. So his his retreats were retreats, and nobody is like, "Yay, they're going to build yeah, a statue yeah. to me for retreating." But wow, the retreats! <gasps> what did they he were say? Amazing. They're going to build a statue to him? No, he didn't say that. Oh, but no, you know, history doesn't build statues to people who defeat. You know, okay. you don't win by retreating. Are there? Are there? But I I think there's great George Washington sayings, right? And some of them, <laughs> not so much. As much as I love him, and I again, my daughter's middle name is Washington. I, good. No, he's he wasn't a great speaker, and he wrote he had great sentiments. Mm-hmm. Um, his his uh, speech at his final inauguration, and then his departure speech at the end are most quite and quoted now because we're in a fuck show of political well uh, and, and supposedly co-written by Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that and he would have absolutely utilized the best writers to help him. Like there wouldn't have right, been like any, anyone, like anybody did. And so but he just wasn't. That wasn't his. Dana Gould does a great joke about how the guy who landed on the moon didn't write one step for mankind, one 
a small step for mankind or whatever. He didn't yeah. write that. That yeah. was that's an astronaut. He didn't he's not a writer. <laughs> that's right. Uh, clearly like a, yeah. other people got involved. He would right. have just went, Holy shit, I'm on the moon. Fucking A. Yeah, exactly. Is so, not you don't Right. And so George Washington used speechwriters, obviously. Used speechwriters, which is not to say he wasn't eloquent and poetic and he loved theater. Mm-hmm. He loved going to shows and stuff, but yeah, not he wasn't like Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was also a great orator and a great, mm-hmm. and yeah, a great yeah. writer. And we have but gazillions not a great of... But not a great general. <laughs> but not... So no. who cares? No. So who yeah. cares about him? Well, th- at this juncture, we'll yes. do a different dork for us about Lincoln. Uh, <gasps> right. So, but the... So when he... So then he fights Trenton and yep. he wins. He Crazy! It's, it's dis- but a distinctive win. Decisive distinctive unlikely win right now he does he he doesn't win again not for for months not for months months and i mean like he wins like every couple of like every six or eight months he'll win something yes but that it turns out is there's a lot of dynamic like i didn't go to west point but when you just study war in the abstract it's one of those things that you would think we would know, which is an invading force that comes into a place where you have a, a, an army of people who are both defending their homeland and have motivations. But like the Hessians are being paid, like they they surrendered really quick. Like we got you, and they're like, "Whoop, okay, right. doke, you win." I guess we're going back to Germany. Here we go, prisoners of war, and then you do the things we do in wartime. But like people defending their homeland uh, don't always abide by quote unquote rules of war, and they tend to improvise. It's like uh, Eddie Izzard's great bit about the British will stand at the line and sail fire, and they're throwing rocks and running out of nowhere and slicing your throat while yeah, you're yeah. reloading, and because we do that, and it's. And it's very much what sell terrorism. I mean, if you look at the American troops in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? There were uh, uh, eerie similarities between this globally, indisputably more powerful force, the most powerful the army most in the powerful world. army in the world, who has all of these resources, and everyone's just like, "Oh my god!" Like you're literally talking about people in tunics throwing rocks. Versus Scud missiles. And you're losing. This is going to be over in a night. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And yeah. here we go. And here we are. And here we go. And here the Russians went. And here the Russians go. And this is and just like. The British went in the 1840s. It's just what happens. And it's similar. Stop invading to, other people's countries. Right. Because Except now, if anyone of Native uh, Native American ancestry is listening, they're, of course, like, not always. Well, the right? what the, 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 pro, the actual... Because it was a twofold invasion of the United States, like to create the United States of America. Obviously, there was there was firepower and there was um, mass murders and the and the burning of the Pequods and mm-hmm. and all these things. But there was also you couldn't stop the settlers. It was no. the settlers more than like if we all just picked up and moved to Afghanistan, right? Or right. in in the case of the Chinese, the Chinese are invading Africa, right? But they're literally just sending. 40,000 people mm-hmm. to Eastern Africa to just to live thing. there. Yeah. And they're living and working in Eastern Africa. You're not going to stop that. Right. That's not, you can kill them. Sure. But there's just more settlers we, are going to come after. Them. Right. And you know what you would call that? Now it, it is a, you can call it a slow invasion, which makes sense. That language is perfectly right. If you were looking at it as a biological entity though, it's a, it's immunity. <laughs> oh, but do you know what I mean? You plant immunity. You you give someone just a little something that, in large doses, would kill them. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to give you little bits here and there oh. and here and there until you just you'd still 
or chemo. <laughs> We're going to blast you with this, hor- you know, this thing. And then whatever survives is going to survive. And that's what we do. Well, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, there's, it's so there's, bizarre. It's, it's bizarre, but it's, um, but when you go in like, like because of colonization, right? So yeah. colonization, Great Britain comes into the United States, uh, it comes into you know, North America, whatever. And the settlers all come from various different whitey magoo. Yeah. And they spread out and they, and there's rich people here and, and we're sending a lot of things back to the UK, to to England, which they are benefiting from, right? I mean, they're making a lot of money yeah. from all of the furs and all of the wood and all of the um, natural resources. Then they can resell them and they get a cut of everything, right? Yeah. And they feel like they're doing us the favor, right? They're doing – and but the people that have lived in what be, was the colonies in, in North America – from 1630 to 1750 for 100 years, right? Um, they start to think, well, we don't actually want you to get any of those profits. Mm-hmm. And that's what generates that sort of revolution, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and also that they recognized that they were a part of a triangle. I mean, that was the slave triangle. It was the trade triangle. It was it was the, the British, the people with the boats would go to Northern Africa, pick up slaves and some goods, but mostly slaves, Travel to northern North America, right. sell the slaves, Charlottesville, get or... tobacco and cotton. Mm-hmm. Then and they would go to the islands. <laughs> there's a there's sell a... trade within the islands, and then go back. And a three points of a triangle made more money than just two. Right, and um, I don't know if you ever saw the musical 1776. Uh, so, but uh, the guy who played Kit the Car, he was in uh, Magna PI. Mm. Anyway, he was in it. He did some singing, and he played John Adams. And mm. John Adams um, wanted to put an, uh, an end to slavery in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And one of the arguments from the Southern senators were, "You're part of that triangle mm-hmm. because." Those boats are coming from Africa, but then they're going up to Boston, yeah. loading up with molasses and and, uh, and or uh, wood and, and all these things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, right. But the, my, my other point was sort of the, the British occupation of India. You know, it took – the British were so certain that they, like, they were benefiting so much from all of that – the everything they got from India, raw material wise and labor, but they never, they, they still thought that they were bringing civilization right. to India. Well, that's why when you look at the founding documents of these rich landowners, it's not a legal document about trade, which is not to say that trade wasn't a huge motivator and how much money we were making and how the British were exploiting us with taxes. Everyone knows the history. Like that is a arguably why it all happened. Right. But when it came down to what do we want? What are the stakes? What are we saying we want from you and you want from us? It wasn't a trade contract. Right. What they established was God does not appoint rulers of men. People select their leaders and have regular intervals in which they can dispose of or reinforce those leaders. Right. 
And Thomas Paine is putting the artistic spin on it, which is, this is the laws of nature. Mm -hmm. See how nature works. See how we have a law, a, a pecking order, a food order. And, and that is why we need to impose government because our uh, unchecked, it is this necessary evil because man unchecked, just sort of power of the fittest, to just devour the little and it doesn't work. Right. So just we need sort to of impose, Locke and Hobbes yeah. coming through Thomas Paine, yeah. making it exactly. current. So yeah, that's need, awesome. Yeah, we need order. We know we have to have order. And let's just say that the, that the best order, we, if, if we know that that's the case, then the best order comes from the bottom up. And and your father, your your God, doesn't appoint any leader the people do. And that was what was so revolutionary about it, because you, you talked about them taking it from the, the Declaration of Independence and even the early parts of the Constitution from not only British Parliament, mm -hmm. but from the Scottish Declaration of Independence. People mm -hmm. had declaring independence from your colonizer wasn't the most unique thing that had happened in history. What was new here, what, what, what America did that nobody had done before, was dissolve the, the, the connection based on the laws of nature, saying you can't pop properly order us around from over there. Divine providence, decidedly not capital G God, decidedly not Jesus Christ, but some sort of divine providence imposes order on things, and you just can't rule us from over there. It doesn't work. Right. Also, there is no God that we all recognize. Therefore, God doesn't decide how the, how things work here, lowercase g or right. otherwise. And and there are no kings. Not our king versus your king. Not our God versus your God. No kings, no gods. And boy, howdy. Right. That's well, and 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 that was definitely very new and very mm. unique. Mm. But. Um, so I think that brings us to him stepping down. Yes. Because he served eight years. Yes. And he said, I'm not going to run again. Yes. And I don't care. And uh, I'm going to go. So how long did he get to live retired? Any idea? No, not long. He didn't think he was. His father died really young. And he didn't think after the revolution that how he, was, he was sort of ready to like. Die. Oh, God. You know, that's a good question. I want to say he was in his early 70s. He died at home. It, they were okay. you know, leeching him. I mean, it was some sort of infectious disease that overcame. It wasn't. We don't know decidedly if it was a cancer or a heart attack or okay. exactly what it was. But he was ill for a long time. And the leeches <laughs> didn't help or nope. hurt. But, no, but, but or he hurt. I think that they hurt. They, they, I mean, they may have yeah. hurt, but he <laughs> you, wasn't you, you don't want to bleed thought, people. But he thought he was going to die long before he was president. He was, went back to Mount Vernon after the war, like, and now I can die. So he really was truly reluctantly kind of brought into the presidency. Right. And even afterwards, they were like, so John Adams, who was his vice president, had one term, and then, as you know from Hamilton, lost in his second term okay. to Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. But um, he. His, his like he he was in retirement for a little while, but he it wasn't his great years. He didn't right. get to he, really he, he didn't really get it. to retire retire. No, no. But um, so he dies. Yes, and um, but I have actually read that inaugural his final inauguration and his retirement essentially his his retirement speech. Yeah, that retirement speech is amazing. It's amazing, and it warns about. Just kind of, it, it, the, but the the through line is like just kind of fucking keep it together. Well, keep it together, but but the things that it does warn about are real. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he he no he, foreign power has your best interest in heart. Right. Make your and this is a guy who loved Lafayette, who was still writing him letters that ended with "I love you." Right. 
right? Make your alliances where you will. We wouldn't have won without the French. Just know. Yes. The French had their cut. They mm-hmm. had their interests. They were yep. not doing this out of love. Right. Alone. Yeah. Right. It, uh, I think, but I, but I know that, that, cause one of the, th- I, I remember there was, it was, uh, beware sort of the foreign powers. Yeah. And then also the division within, yes. right? It was, um, the, the, the bipartisanness of it yeah. or whatever. And yeah, because well, it was, he had, was it he two had parties seen, when he, it was the two parties, but he was as nervous and, and rightly so about domestic internal divisions too that maybe weren't even on the landscape of the political scene yet because he had overseen the whiskey rebellion already what's that and there was a division even during the war before we had even won but things were looking good generals were starting to like we're not going to fight until we get paid right we haven't been we haven't gotten paid in a while not even just troops but like his military generals and he had to like bust some skulls and like are you fucking serious like we have not won yet this none of this stuff is assured and you're gonna like I'm not going to help anymore unless I get my cut. Like, how dare you? So he had seen that like ugliness and and self-interest over national interest before when the stakes were still really high. Right. The whiskey rebellion is in that, in that kind of crazy no man's land of of American history, which is after the the 1783, we've won the declaration of independence. We are our own overseers and 1789 when the constitution is ratified. So we have this like, Ooh, what's legal? Who's in charge? Right. right. Mom and dad. Lucy goosey. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're on their way home, but right. You know, and, um, and the whiskey rebellion was because Hamilton and whatever it was like, well, we we're so fucking broke. Mm-hmm. Right, which Britain count on. They were like, "Good luck, then. Bye. Mm-hmm. Good luck paying all these warriors and cleaning up your cities and doing all the other building your ports. Yep. We're gonna come back at you, by the way, in eighteen twelve. Yep, lose again. But they're they were broke. So Hamilton's like, all right, whiskey tax. It's a vice. Whiskey is a vice. So mm-hmm. people may not mind it so much, and um, they know we have to tax something. But whiskey for these rural communities like Western Pennsylvania had become. Like a currency, farmers who had extra grain would distill it and ferment it and use it for trade. And it was like a big deal. It was all deal. they had. It yeah. was all they had. And so to tax it was huge. And it didn't matter to the big distilleries, but for like the smaller ones, it could be crippling. And mm-hmm. there was a huge outcry. And they were like, you know what? We're going to fight for our independence from government. And what you're, and this was some like 1885 this was 17, or something? Or no, this is 17, 1784, 1785. It was between. It was, it was before it, the Constitution. Was in that was, time. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and George Washington was like, well, <laughs> and it was in part because George Washington, I mean, and they tarred and feathered the tax collectors and they would just like the, the extent they went to not paying these taxes. Right. Made people really question like, so what is our government even for? How big is it? How strong is it? Can it even, can it do anything? Right. And George Washington had to like ride down. With the military, sort Specifically? of like, mm-hmm. he wait, he got on his horse, yes, from New York or yes. wherever Philadelphia. When, where was the yes? What was our capital? It was, was it New York. It was boy, good question. I think it was. I think it was Washington. Uh, it would have been Philadelphia. No, okay. might have been New York. It might have been New York still. I don't know. What at, at some point, New York was the capital of the United States, and at some point, Philadelphia was the capital. Brief. 
Fleur? I don't know. That's a good one. Right. That's where I get like my now I'm at a C. Shout at your C. shout at your iPods. Shout at your iPods. Old Somebody schools. Google it. Yell at me. Yeah. Fix me. And um, uh, but yeah, he he did. He had and it took forever. I mean, they were like, stop that, you guys. And they were like, no. And they were like, okay, uh, seriously though, stop it. And they were like, absolutely not. We think we can win. Just come and make us. And so Washington was like, all right. And he got the army together and went down there and they just dispersed. There was no armed conflict, which is why some people would be like, Oh, interesting boy. Washington, what a guy could really just like, he, he flexed and everyone's behaved, but they also never started paying those taxes. Oh, <laughs> well, Jefferson became president and was like, you don't have to pay those taxes. Cause he was, that was his deal. And they were just like dissolved. It just went away. Okay. We we're still, it's 2020. We're still fighting right now whether or not a small rural group of people has to do what the federal government says. That fight has never gone away. Okay. The bottom line is, as long as we are just say no, and, and you're going to say, okay, well, we'll make you. And we say, okay, make me. And then they go, well, we're going to drive onto your property with guns and helicopters and make you. And then it's what? It's either Waco right. or it's Ruby Ridge. or it's one, And it just becomes this like, oh, God, like really is the government really going to come down with the power to just like kill 200 people who refuse? And there's like... Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And it's all... It's not... And we don't know yet, I don't think, exactly. Because as soon as you say, yeah, absolutely, government needs to make sure... That people, because it's a group you don't like, mm -hmm. like the people that took over the bird sanctuary, where it was like, you can't do that. You can't just take over a bird sanctuary. Remember this, the whatever it was? Well, I remember the bird sanctuary. And like, you can't I do remember that. The, like, there was uh, like a real uh, uh, sort of splinter group of Mormons who had a bunch of little girls that they were fucking. Right. And, um, but they're, and sometimes you want, the, and you want them to go in and go, well, yeah, you can't let them do that. We're not. The rest of us aren't doing weird shit. Yeah. Somebody should tell them yeah. to stop. Oh, and by the way, it is illegal. Like, we already know it's illegal. Like, we have a right, quote unquote. We already wrote down, if you're raping kids in a house, people can That's... come in and get those kids. Like, this right. isn't even controversial. Why? Right. And, and yet it becomes, you know, and we still, so as soon as you're like, yeah, the government should be able to kick in the door and get kids, like, no matter what, like, and you stand there with your hands on your hips, like, this is fucking stupid. Why isn't the government exercising its full power to go save those kids? And then you turn around, they're like, yeah, but, ne but in 1956... It was the Black Panthers and the government was just, because we can't let these blacks take over the street. And you have, you're like, no, they can't just kick in the doors of people of race because they're protesting the government. And you're like, yeah, well, but. They weren't, well, they weren't fucking kids. No, no, God, no. I'm not saying that. But that's what I'm saying is that you, if you're saying, yes, it, it's such a difficult, why, why we still fight about it in 2020 because, because we as, a, as an entity can't get over whose doors get kicked in for what reasons by whom. Right. We well, can all say yes. We want them to kick down the doors for raping, for horrible shit. And right. But and and yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think as you said it, you said if the, if they're already breaking a law, like a law that's already on the books, you can't screw kids. Right. You can't uh, stay in a gift shop after it's closed. Sure. Uh, but the when bird the law sanctuary, is sanctuary people, you're like, you can't just be in the gift no. shop. No, and no, you're just you got to leave. No, it's closed. Absolutely. But the trouble is our laws don't always evolve with us. So when you had a time, for example, like the loving couple, do you know this story? No. The uh, first interracial, one of the first interracial couples that, that got the law chain. They are just a, a, a black woman and a, and a white man deep in Iowa who loved each other and got married. And the government kicked in the door and arrested them, dragged them out because it was technically illegal. Oh, it's against so, the law right, for So them we got to gotta watch when we say this because then it's like, but what if it's an unjust law? Well, and then and we go. You have to change that law. Exactly. So then, who decides what's an unjust law? It's why it's so sticky and so horrible. Well, but, well, it's because of 
uh, the sodomy laws and the and it's against right. a lot of being homosexual right and it's against a lot of be black and it's right. against a lot so now you yeah. say well yeah okay so you can only kick in the doors of people who are breaking the laws and then you go okay wait 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 we have to change some whose laws, laws and, and laws at what time and okay and then we change you know so that but that is why we are the great american experiment Right. And we are ever evolving and our documents are ever evolving and right. have in them the ability to ever evolve so that we can get our brains around. Right. Exactly the injustices and the, and the, and, and, to, and to have laws that make sense and, and laws that are good for everybody. Right. So, um, yeah, it was amazing that George Washington stepped down. Uh, Don Brody, uh, it's over an hour. <gasps> We've done it. We did it. Yep, it's dawnbrody.com, B-R-O-D-E-Y. Yes. Dawn underscore Brody. And uh, the 25th, Story Smash, and February 13th, uh, Flappers, Dating Game. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. It was great. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?